1: Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day.
2: In the name of Allah, the Gracious, the Merciful, Assalamu alaikum rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Um, a very warm welcome to our regular listeners. Uh, we're here live again with you. And today we are uh, again here with you with two new topics. Um uh, Perhaps uh, not new as such, because we have discussed them uh, before, but uh, certainly a new year. So that means a new, um, you know, chance to speak about these things. And um, with me today in studio is uh, Raheel Ahmed. salamu alaykum Raheel, how are you doing?
0: Waalaikum, JazakAllah.
2: JazakAllah. You know, every new year, uh-huh. we do talk about uh, <coughs> New Year's resolutions and uh, the topic of our talk in the first hour today, um, as we have just entered the new year of 2023, is new year, new me. So is this a new year, new Rahil? <laughs> <laughs> how do you see this?
3: <laughs>
2: do, do we really want to start like that? <laughs> I mean, come on.
0: Um, no, there's no such thing as new new you. It's just, I think the thing is we- Same old. No, I think it's is a bit of both. So the the, the the good habits that you've acquired over time should remain with you but you should always always, you know, self reflect and I think that's the thing we're gonna be uh, pretty much putting our emphasis on in this program and and what the Islamic concept is, um, you know, mm. it it goes beyond that new year resolution and all of these yeah. short term excitements and, yeah. and you know um
2: and temporary excitements. Exactly. Well. So because <coughs> look I mean this New Year um mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, we, we do pray that you know, it becomes a very blessed new year for everyone. Absolutely. And, you, know, you, give yeah. The, yeah. you know, the the courtesy and, you know, the, the happy new year. Okay, fine, right? But we see that throughout the world <coughs> there are, like, uh, celebrations that are done mm-hmm. differently mm-hmm. all over the world. People tend to really, really look forward to the new year uh, or perhaps look forward to celebrating that new year, whether yeah. it's by fireworks or, you know, some people party, you know, whatever, uh, how yeah. they want to spend their uh, their life. Uh, mm-hmm. That's just something that gives them an w- opportunity to mark something. But as you mentioned that, uh, according to our Islamic understanding and, and teaching yeah. that we find in the Holy Quran, I mean, th- th- there's no significance as such of, of 12 months or, or, or a year gone past. Whereas I think Islam encourages you to... to to make an effort and analyze yourself every day isn't it every night
0: absolutely I think that's I think it's probably the same element of um, (coughs) it's the same sort of discuss discussion that we have with regards to birthdays Mm. right Um, from now of course it's not some sort of rigidness but I think from an Islamic perspective everything is is essence based everything needs to be there needs to be a purpose and a reason for doing so why Mm. are we doing certain things Right, and 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 majorly, you know, a thing which let's say is based upon some sort of a lie, right, or yeah. some sort of, um, you know, something that's not truthful. It's Islam prohibits us, you mm. know. It, it, for example, let's say a lot of the things that we celebrate are Eid, right? Some people would ask you why don't you, why don't you celebrate Christmas? Mm. All of these things, right? Um, you can go down, you, and you have these you have these discussions, and you, you must have had it with your neighbors and all these things. Where you say uh, our way of celebration is helping mankind all of these things. It's not just, you know, just Doing getting together yeah. and partying. We, you know, yeah, that that's how sort the of things we do it. Well, if, if you say that, uh, you know, Jesus, peace be upon him, was born in December, it's something that's factually incorrect and we don't agree with that right um but that, that that doesn't mean we can't uh be nice and you know good to our neighbors can't mm. give them gifts and all of, of the these things. Most yeah? people don't
2: even celebrate Christmas for that purpose. Yeah, Christmas yeah. has just become like a materialistic uh you know Exactly. Uh, so the question thing. would be what are you actually celebrating? Exactly.
0: Um, and, 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 and and just
2: because there is uh you know new decoration in the store that everybody's going to buy it. And yeah. yeah.
0: And and it, like look to be honest with you like w- my children when we go I look mm. so nice like you know these lights and all of these things and kids are excited and it's 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 not you know what i'm saying it's it it is very nice you know it it looks very nice but i think that's the thing is if we truly want to you know reflect on who we are as yeah. human beings we do need to reflect on these things and and from 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 the children's perspective we we need they need to be able to uh, determine you know th- w- you know if 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 they're going to make a certain decision in their life they need to be able to analyze they yeah. need to be able to research y- for themselves the, yes, exactly
2: you don't want the children to be looking at glitz and glamour as, and just as, accepting as that's it. something that they should be celebrating whether yeah. you want them to look at the purpose behind doing something as you mentioned you know yeah, making yeah. those decisions which will shape them yeah so so, so t- i think there's
0: a greater good yeah. um you know that that one can do um and, you know, it, it's, not, it's not about being bitter or anything like yeah, that. It's just, yeah. and I think p- p- people have the right to be true to themselves. Yes, exactly. Right? And I think that's the point. And I, I, I think I was mentioning something earlier with regards to, let's say, Islamic celebrations, right? Mm. How much emphasis do we have, within our, especially within our community and, and, and His Holiness, when He's giving that, that sermon after, <clears throat> um, you know, when we, when we fasted for a whole month? And then he explains that look, this celebration is not just me eating and dressing up nicely, and then you going and having, you know, having a nice meal with your family, and that's it. Rather, yeah. it's you to reflect upon that that one month that you spent, you know, is to continue that for because because it came as a reminder. Yeah. Same sort of thing for the Eid al Adha, the the, the the you know the bigger Eid. Yeah. So any sort of celebration that we have from an Islamic perspective has a meaning, yeah. has to have a greater meaning. Yeah. And, uh, and I think
2: that's a, that's a great point. I think it's a r- really good start to the that conversation about mm-hmm. new year, new resolutions, because that's where we see sometimes people lose their motivation. You know, if you go to the gym, yeah. for example, suddenly, in December, I went to the gym, it was almost empty, okay? Uh, yeah. And in January, when I went, <coughs> right after the new year, okay, just yeah. uh, just my n- normal routine, but it was packed. It was mm-hmm. full of people. Mm-hmm. So. So it's great if people make that, uh, you know, they they want to change, they want of to course, have the resolution. Course, yeah. But the thing is consistency. That's what everyone is trying to work towards. That's Absolutely. what we need to work towards in anything, right? So we talked about Islam. Islam encourages you to live your life every, uh, every day as if, as if it's your, uh, you know, last uh, day. And also uh, reflect every night of how you have spent your day as well. We find several reminders of that in the Holy Quran and uh, through the sayings of the Holy Prophet Muhammad peace and blessings of Allah be upon him however the new year if you're marking it of course it's a chance to to do uh, discuss these things that's exactly why we're doing it uh, here uh, that maybe we can uh, you know have a fresh start maybe this is a moment where we can actually look at changing our future zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight do give us a call if you uh want to let us know how you are taking in the new year whether you have any specific resolutions um anything particularly planned um we'll love to hear from you we're going to go to our first guest we have uh, with us we're going to speak to emily um hill who is author of bad romance and love in late capitalism and regular uh, fr- uh, fr- uh, freelancer for The Guardian, among other newspapers and magazines. Uh, Emily is joining us. Emily, good afternoon. Peace be upon you. Welcome to The Drive Time Show here on Voice of Islam. Good afternoon.
4: Thank you very much for having
2: me. Uh, brilliant. Thank you uh, for joining once again. Um, so, I guess, what uh, what do you think is the best way for people to keep our resolutions, um, you know, um, Consistently throughout the year because as we were talking, you know uh, We don't want the resolutions to be just lasting the month of January
4: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think we all struggle with this. I think that's why the Guardian asked me to write a piece about it Because mm-hmm. um, obviously every, everybody wants to get fitter and healthier and happier for the new year And it's, it's, it's difficult isn't it when it's January and it's so mm-hmm. cold outside and miserable And the last thing you want to do is go to an exercise class after a busy day but basically i so i spoke to a lot of experts for this piece who actually really know the the behavioral science behind it and basically as it comes down to like what you need like when you're trying to keep your re- resolutions is to build in the four, what they call the four Cs mm-hmm. which is confidence convenience choice and community so the idea is like you pick something that you really enjoy to like build your confidence you make it like easy for you to do to make sure it's convenient you know you 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 pick Pick what you actually want to do so that's the, where the choice comes in and then you know you involve your community so you know like that's why like things like you know um, couch to 5k have taken off so well because you can go out and like learn how to run with other people who want to do the same thing and it helps keep you going and, and get lots of encouragement
0: absolutely Um I mean what are then your let's say top three quick fitness tips you know for people who let's say don't have much time on their hands
4: Yeah, so basically, like, just keep things, like, super tiny. Like, if you don't have, like, if you have a really, really busy day and you you find it hard to carve out time for exercise, like, maybe try getting off the bus, like, a couple of stops early and just Hmm. having that little walk and, like, building up your, you know, just getting your heart rate up a little bit. I mean, obviously, like we all know, like from lockdown, things are so difficult with exercise. And there's like loads and loads of videos on YouTube that you can now fo- follow. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, Yoza with Adrienne, which is um, a great YouTube series, like you can find like really short birth workouts for like just 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just simple things like when you're in the office, just get out of your chair and move around. Like a great tip is just to like to move more, just, mm-hmm. like however you do it, just move around more.
5: Okay.
0: That's very interesting. And um, we also wanted to ask you, I mean, why do you believe that, you know, some people actually start focusing on their health, but then they give up? Um, how can they, you know, get back on track after, let's say, giving up? Uh, of course, any to, to achieve anything in life, it takes time and effort and consistency. Um, yeah. And, and I think you have alluded to picking things that you, you know, you like doing and all these things. But what are some, some of the other factors that you would think could, could, could help people stay focused?
4: Yeah, sure. So I spoke to this brilliant author called Caroline Webb and she's written this book called How to Have a Good Day and mm-hmm. it uses psychology and neuroscience and behavioral economics to like explain like why we struggle with these sorts of things.
3: Mm-hmm. And
4: she said like it's basically the, the reason that we struggle with certain things is because we view things in abstract and then the, w- is the difference between the abstract of like, theoretically doing something mm-hmm. and the concrete benefit that we get from it. So, like, the idea that you would run 10K is in the abstract, that's great, fantastic, but it's, like, really vague, and, like, you're thinking, well, I can't even, like, walk to the end of the street without, you know, puffing out, so it's just, the concrete benefit that you're going to get from, like, sitting on the sofa watching The Crown is, like, way higher. Mm-hmm. So you just you really need to like look into um, what psychologists call a mental accounting period.
3: Mm-hmm. So you just
4: need to really sit down and think about it and like and work on your processes. Mm-hmm. And the other thing to bear in mind is dopamine.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: So
4: dopamine like I mean obviously like we're all ad- I don't know whether you are but we're, we're all addicted to our phones and like we're just used to like this this adrenaline yeah. thing mm-hmm. and like And so, like, for instance, this piece, I concentrated on Peloton, which is, like, this cycling service. And it, like, really kind of engages with your dopamine. And though I can't personally afford a Peloton, much as I'd love one, I get a lot of dopamine from from yoga. And I go Mm -hmm. to this, like, local yoga studio, low cost. And I'm, like, so I have the abstract benefit of, like, really getting better in my practice, but also the concrete benefit because I really enjoy it. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that obviously um you know both benef- benefits your your mind as well as your physical health which uh, yes. uh, is is i think very very important uh, especially yeah um in times where where people are going through lots of different challenges i guess
4: yeah it's, it's crazy how it's all interlinked like i was feeling very depressed this time last year and went for like a very low cost like special offer at a local yoga um place and like it's just transformed my life because Mm -hmm. you know i think like even when you're down i think also like having that element of like some kind of spirituality when you're exercising as well like Mm -hmm. thinking about community and like you know i just think it's all it's all really beneficial and 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 meeting new people as Mm -hmm. well is really great you know having encouragement and, and learning new things
0: very interesting indeed anything else sophia Nope. Thank, Thank you, you so very much, Emily. It was a pleasure speaking Great. to you. Take Thank care.
4: you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
2: Bye bye. Bye bye. Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number two call. So there you have it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, trying to uh, think positive, uh, not be overwhelmed by the ideas or the thoughts that you have to, you know, uh, do something positive, whether it's. Exercise or with this improving yourself in different uh, aspects. Um and then just obviously take it step by step. There's uh, that's the formula and um I think that's coming back to what we were talking about as well that um consistency mm-hmm. comes with uh, with with the that habit of uh, of uh, of Absolutely. of doing something. So for example you mentioned the holy month of Ramadan, which comes, you know, once a year. Again, you can ask, okay, only once a year, what's the purpose? But the purpose, obviously, is that 30 days, 28, 29, 30 days, throughout, you're going through a very specific uh, training, Mm -hmm. a very specific timetable where you're fasting, where you're very disciplined, disciplined, and that is to... (coughs) To, to make you uh, improve and have a consistent then lifestyle for the rest of the year. Yeah. And it's very interesting because a lot of uh, researchers and professionals who have looked into these sciences have mentioned that you need 20 to 30 days or 20 to 40 days mm-hmm. to actually perfect a habit or create a habit mm-hmm. for the rest of your year or very life. Very interesting. So uh, yeah. that, uh, you know, talking about an Islamic point of view, we are actually Getting that blueprint from God Almighty through yeah. the whole month of Ramadan, and also through the uh, teaching of the Quran, saying that every day analyze how your your day has gone.
0: Absolutely, I think one of the things that we need to realize is anything that's that's worth it um, would would come after some sort of discomfort. Hmm. You, you 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 know, and and for it to become you know, like for instance, giving the example of fasting, like there they are there are, um, of course, physical benefits as well. There are there are spiritual benefits. God says, you know, its its importance and everything. <clears throat> but we know that when you don't eat from, let's say, you know, uh, 4 a.m. in the morning or 3 a.m., depending on you know, yeah, uh, you know, the time at you know the calendar um, to to sunset, right? Mm. You know that first few days how tough they are for yeah. people, right? Um, your energy is low and all of these things. But but it, but if you're determined, you slowly get into it and And it actually becomes sort of an habit. And, and And I think one of the most important things that we can also take is is a sense of community. Hmm. If you're around people that are doing things which are aligned with your goals and your aspirations, things sort of become much easier. And I think one of the things that sh- our previous Kulu guests, Mas, Saudi yeah, Saudi yeah. Be, 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 be the truthful, but I think one of the things that Emily said previously, um, you know, with regards to doing something that you love, for instance, I I I probably wouldn't go and run a five k randomly. But mm. right, all if I start doing it and, and and get an interest into it, it's a different thing. But I would probably run six k playing football yeah. for two hours or something. Mm. So it's just that you because you're not focused on uh, because when you're playing football, you're not thinking you're about calories. You're not thinking distance, about calories. Yes. You're not thinking about how how much weight I'm going to lose. You're not thinking about anything. You're just thinking about scoring goal, passing the ball, doing a certain skill. Mm. So your mindset. Is you know your your, your your mind is a totally doing a totally different yeah, perspective, yeah. and I think this is the thing with I think people you know doing that things that you love, and uh, that that's something that's doing cycling, badminton, all these things. Mm. I think it's I think that's uh, very important as well.
2: Anything to <coughs> you know keep you going, anything that can find an excuse I think to mm-hmm. to move around or to do any exercise, whether it's uh, yoga, whether it's uh, cycling, football, yep. running. Running is so easy as well. I mean. Is you it? can just. <laughs> I mean, it? it's it's easy in a sense that you don't have to pay yeah. for any subscription. You can just go out and run. Yeah. I mean, whether it's even 100 meters, 200 meters, you know, people who say that they can't really run 5K or whatever. Okay, that's fine. I mean, you can start with 100 meters. You can start mm. with uh, 1K, you know. There's always somewhere you can start. Mm. And then, um, again, nobody's there to judge. The only judge you will have is yourself. So yeah. when it comes to that physical exercise. So there's... There's always uh, a good time to start. Um, Right. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, Mm self-reflection now because we have talked about physical exercise and obviously we understand how important that is. Um, However, self-reflection is also very important and uh, especially when we enter into a new year, um, you know, this is also a good time to actually look at how we have spent our previous year and how we want to spend our future. Um, His Holiness, uh, the uh, the, the current worldwide head of the Hamdiya Muslim community said that we need to self-reflect today whether we considered material things everything last year or did we only use them to plan and practice and sort all good and blessings from God. Fair-minded self-reflection would give us the answer. So it's all fair and well setting goals for the new year but our first step should be to self-reflect how we have spent our previous time and you know what what is our relationship with god do we have any spiritual side to us that we want to focus on are we neglecting that are we just you know consumed in our daily life where we are waking up and going to work coming back and that's it that's that's our life um are we putting it in any any thought into into our spiritual uh survival as well so self-reflection is taking time to think about uh, pray uh, meditate um Evaluate and give serious thought to your behaviors, thoughts, attitudes, motivations and uh, desires. Mm -hmm. Um, In order to reform and improve yourselves, we need to uh, self-reflect with microscopic devoutness. Um, His Holiness has also said something about this. He said that God wills to especially purify people who have joined the community of the promised Messiah. And for this, we have to ponder over ourselves ourselves with the minutest of detail. Uh, while we improve and reform our faith, we also need to reform our practice and, uh, you know, analyzing everything. Um, that is the kind of self-reflection uh, the Promised Messiah, alayhi salatu the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community uh, used to do and what he wants uh, the members of the community to do as well.
0: Mm-hmm, very interesting. Um, of course, you know, self-reflection, um, there's so much emphasis uh, you know, as as, as you just um, alluded to it, and 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 I think it's something that that we've been, you know, from as a Muslim, we've been told to do daily, you know, mm-hmm. before going to bed. Actually, when, you, when you're laying down, this there, you know, there's, there's a whole pr- there's a whole Sunnah, the practice of the Prophet, yeah, you know, yeah. doing wudu, laying down, doing certain prayers, and actually reflecting on that day, you know, how how your behavior was with fellow human beings, you know, you, whether your five daily prayers that you did so so this, this 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 sort of life that you're living it has to be a conscious life right and this is i think the very meaning of ta- taqwa when when you speak about you know righteousness yeah. and the, one of the meanings of taqwa is 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 being uh, god conscious right and, and that's a, some some something very important uh, and i think this is something that we, we i mean we we often speak about uh, you know we we have spoken about it here. but i think it's something uh, an individual to Experience, and it's not something I have to be honest that we do all the time. It's not every night, but there are there are certain nights when, when you when you lay back and you, you you ponder over the day, how how did your day go, or how 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 was your previous week, mm. or at that certain moment, would I have re- reacted in a certain manner? Mm. So I think that's that self, you know, reflection is very important. Yeah. For for example, there's a hadith of the Prophet um, where a person, you know, came to the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and, and 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 he asked about a certain matter and, and, and the reply was of course there are certain things where he would say do this or do he said you know ask ask for uh, fatwa you know um, ask your heart hmm. in, a, in, a, in, in a way it will to tell you to give you the best yeah, yes. to, 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 to give you the best advice yeah. so we know that there are times when we are about to do something or we have done something and you know the self-reproaching soul does inform you hmm. it does hint to to you that this wasn't right Mm. Right now it, now that is a time for you to ignore it or to listen to that call mm. you know that you know the whole th- the whole thing about gut feeling yeah, yeah. We, we always speak about it so all of these signals are there um now if we keep on ignoring them then they, then of course we that habit will, will create a habit yeah, of yeah you ignoring know, the gut ig- feeling yes ignoring ign- ignoring ignoring those signals and just mm. doing you know heedlessly and you know, uh, doing things that you know we often think that oh, it's, you know, these things are right for us, right? Um And I think uh, so. I think this is what it is. I mean, we we uh, you know, from an Islamic perspective, you can't live your life on the surface. Yeah. You know, on a superficial sort of thing, mm. you have to you ha- you have to look deeper. You have to look at a deeper meaning of life. And of course, people do it in different yeah. ways. Uh, as he was speaking about yoga, something that ge- that helped her. And uh, so I think these discussions, need, you know, need to, people yeah. need to have these discussions. You need to put
2: put effort in that. You can't just take it lightly. That okay, you know, I'm gonna really change uh, for the good. But you do do need to put effort and time in it, as you said in the beginning man. as well. Everything. Be comfortable you know, with discomfort. Yes. I think yes. I think
0: I think the worst enemy of ours is is is, is, is comfort. Comfort. Just We're so comf- comfortable, and 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 we think we have a heart. And I think this is the thing where we often speak about, um, and so much. Small things of the prophet, he says, always look below you yeah. in terms of materialistic things. Yeah. It keeps you in check. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Whereas in, in, in spiritual matters, he says, always look at those who are above you. Yeah. And so that you strive like for, that, yes. you know. And this is what we see in, in the life of companions too.
2: Absolutely. You know, very interesting uh, advice. And I think that's, it's great to th- think like that because that gives you a whole different perspective on life. And I think. We can benefit really from uh, from these, uh, you know, Islamic principles that you have explained. However, um, we're also going to talk about setting realistic goals. Uh, but before that, let's uh, take our next guest. We have uh, Devin Hughes uh, with us, uh, who is founder of uh, Devin C. Hughes, um, a boutique training and development firm created to help establishing. Uh, and emerging leaders grow to reach their ideal potential as well as their teams. Um, Devin, um, thank you very much for joining Voice of Islam today. How are you doing?
7: I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me.
2: Thank you. Brilliant. We're very uh, pleased to have you. So um, you, you're doing a, a boutique training and development um, uh, firm um helping um, leaders grow, um, as I said, a, to reach a certain potential. How do you do that? Do, do tell our listeners. It's it's very interesting uh, to, to learn about that.
7: Yeah, so my background is in positive psychology. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I take psychology or science
5: mm-hmm.
7: and enable leaders, organizations, teams to operationalize those principles to drive and create an atmosphere where people feel like they matter. Where they belong,
5: mm-hmm.
7: where they have a voice, and where they can do their best work.
0: Okay, that's very. And so, mm-hmm.
7: and so through a series of workshops, coaching, speeches, writing, mm-hmm. uh, I give people tools to be the best version of themselves. Because as you know, there's a lot of things we know to be true, but we don't do. Yep. Right. Like we should eat right and exercise.
5: Mm-hmm.
7: So. We don't do that either, most of us. So it's not about the information. Is I take the information,
5: mm-hmm. put
7: it in bite-sized chunks, mm-hmm. so people can enable it and then create the, the kind of life they want. Mm-hmm.
0: That's very interesting. And and um, what do you think then? Uh, you know, what is a certain amount of time? Of course, it's going to differ from people to people, but generally, new experience that would take for a person to let's say adopt and habit.
7: Yes, yeah, so I, I heard earlier, habits are really, really important. This is usually the time of the year
5: yeah.
7: where everyone talks about New Year's resolutions,
5: mm-hmm.
7: right? where I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to do this or that. And what we find with the science mm-hmm. is that some of the most proficient people on the planet, some of the happiest people on the planet, some mm-hmm. of the most faithful people on the planet, they're no different than you or I. They just have habits. Mm-hmm. The things that we do that matter, we do them daily,
5: mm-hmm.
7: right? So we pray daily, we take a bath daily, we brush our teeth daily. Mm-hmm. And so, what I try to do is operationalize and use the power of habit to create some of these habits mm-hmm. for leaders, people, teams, communities, again, to be the best version of themselves for their families, at work, community, etc.
0: Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And and um, what are let's say some of the main barriers? you know, to inclusion and and how do you go about tackling that?
7: Yeah, so inclusion is really, really important for me, especially at work. If you look at the environment we're in right now globally, Mm -hmm. we're out of a pandemic maybe, kind of, sort of, maybe in some some areas of the world, but burnout is at all-time highs. Mm -hmm. Stress, disengagement, loneliness is global right now. So there's a lot of people on planet Mm-hmm. who don't feel like they belong
2: mm-hmm.
7: part of the challenge isn't
2: sorry uh, Devin are you still there with us um, I, think I, th- lost yeah, him, yeah. I think we just lost Devin there we we're going to try to reconnect to you Devin um, so we'll we'll uh, we'll give you a call back um, to try to connect to you so yeah I mean w- he was just talking about uh, you know the burnout, issues burnout
0: and of course I mean, yeah. I mean I'm mean, look, i looking at his, his one, one of his um, mm. uh, you know posts on on how to be burnout before it's too late, yeah. and basically ten practical ways to hit the refresh button. Uh, I don't know if you know we we can present some of these things where he mentions if you have had a difficult time with a family member, coworker, or boss this year, extend the olive branch. It may be the last thing in the world you would want to do. Uh, you want to do, but take the higher road. Be the one to reset the relationship on a positive note. You know, talking about things such as being get, getting organized. Uh, you know, uh, which means if you're bad about keeping track of your finances, make a concerted effort to set up simple spreadsheet or use budget tracking apps. So I think you know, simplest, simple of things. Uh, and one of the things that we were discussing earlier mm. is, is actually being grateful. Yeah. Be grateful for the things that you have. Don't mourn the things you don't. It's easy to get caught up in pity party for yourself when we when you when you didn't get the promotion you were expecting. Yeah, and, you know, and I think right. so another. I think, so yeah. I think there's so much. I think you know, one of the things that we we often you get various you know professionals and discuss mm. things I find this fascinating that there is so much similarities between the the core teachings of Islam with regards to psychology and in how we should be as human beings and our treatment of you know others and how we should think about ourselves and gratitude All is a big part of that is a big right? part of it like yeah? literally yeah, yeah, you yeah, of would course.
2: say Alhamdulillah <coughs> on you know, everything <laughs> you could be speaking if somebody speaking. is asking how are you doing Rahil? you are yeah. most likely say Alhamdulillah nah, yeah. you know I'm fine uh, yeah, yeah, by the yeah. grace of God Allah so that gratitude is ingrained uh, in, and in
0: a one of the one of you know there is uh so, so yeah. d- 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 those you don't know um <coughs> every morning we right. have we have quranic dars. Yes, dars yes. means like because a lecture common, common commentary of one of the verses of the quran yeah. so the other day i had to give one and it was on, on uh it was one of the verse it says right, like if you're right. thankful god says yeah. i would increase you yeah right and and I, I was reading the commentary of the second caliph and he was mentioning that thankfulness or gratitude is not something that you just say you just utter oh uh, alhamdulillah oh yeah. praise be to god yeah. but rather the faculties that he has given you yeah. you use it you know in 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 an appropriate place
5: positive way yes
0: yes and and, and that is true thankfulness mm. right for example he's given us the eyes in the hands of all if you're just sitting at home and not doing anything about it you know you know and you know someone sitting on ben- ben- benefits and saying oh you know uh, alhamdulillah <laughs> right. My point is, if God has given you the ability, you've got to use it. Yes. A- and that's the point. And, and one of one of some of the, one of the fa- most fascinating videos I saw this this Arab Bedouin, right, with his with his camels and his mm. um, you know he's and there's people on I think four by four they they, they drive past him and they come back and they, they be, so his guy is in scorching heat. It's probably in UAE or somewhere, and they say to him, right, how are you? And you know he's like he doesn't just say Alhamdulillah. He says certain phrases in Arabic. He goes. I'm surrounded by the nirma of God. Hmm. I'm surrounded by the favors of Allah, and this brought about tears in those people's eyes that this individual going through scorching heat, right, and he still has these things to say, while, us you know you know, you know s- petty things you know plus smallest of hmm. issues that we have in our life, we think you know it's all over,
2: yeah right, so I think grateful uh, I- yeah.
0: exactly, so I think that's a big part. Of, yeah. of 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 Islam and as Ex- well as exactly a um, great gratefulness is actually a very very
2: important uh, thing that I let's see if we can have more time to talk about that but uh, we're going to try to see if we can speak to Devin again uh Devin are you with us now I am oh, okay brilliant uh, we were so worried that <laughs> you'd gone we, we we had so much more to ask you so I'm great that you're back with us okay um so we we're talking about um some self-reflection tips uh, that you can give to our audience Um, what is it that they can do to make a positive change not just a instant spontaneous one but something that will last uh, which will be continuous
7: yeah so um, all change starts within Mm
5: -hmm.
7: right so what are you me us willing to do individually so I think before you go out trying to change the world, you need to change yourself. Yeah. And so are you willing to put yourself in some situations where you're fundamentally going to have some little self-reflection and there are opportunities for you to get a little bit better? And so I, <clears throat> gratitude is a big part of my work. It's hard to give what you do not have. You cannot pour from an empty cup.
5: Mm-hmm.
7: You cannot share with others. So I wake up every morning mm-hmm. and I write down three things that I'm grateful for in my life. I think about a person every single day that I'm grateful for in my life and I call them. Mm. I FaceTime them. I do something and I let them know. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't let the people know they matter now, when do you plan to do it? Mm. And, and you do this daily. every day? Yes.
2: That's wonderful. Oh, wow, it's great.
7: Yes. Right. Because we're all going through something. Mm -hmm. Right. And so gratitude is at the foundation. If there's people in your community that you're grateful for, you need to let them know, because if you don't let them know, it's almost like, do they know? Does it Mm -hmm. matter?
2: Yeah, I think that's such an important... Because a lot of times people have so much uh, feelings or Mm -hmm. they they have love for, for other people. But they never express it. I think
0: that that's, that's common in our yes, culture. Yes. I have to be very honest. Something not just our culture. I think there's probably a lot yeah, of cultures yeah. as well. The people, they're, yeah. they're
2: parents, grandparents, you know, um, uh, siblings. Mm-hmm. You know, Especially sometimes. fathers, dads, yes, right? Exactly. They, they
0: think they're showing that side of, you know, it might, it might be their weakness. But I think that's not the case. And, and just, just as Devin's yeah. mentioning, I, I was finding this. I was mentioning to you earlier, there's so much resemblance. And, and I remember a prophet saying to one of his companions that he says, I, I, I love such and such person. He goes, then go and tell him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, this is, I think this is very important. And yeah. I think it's fundamental to, to, to our uh, you know, mental health and all of these things that are involved in it.
2: So, so gratitude, um, you know, expression of, uh, of uh, love and, and, and kindness. Uh, what else would you, would you like to share with our listeners?
7: So I think the other thing to think about is one of the greatest addictions in the new normal that we live in is sharing bad news. Mm-hmm. We're really good at sharing bad news globally. Yes. If something bad happens in the world, we all know about it. That's I would true. argue that good news happens too.
5: Mm-hmm.
7: And if we don't talk about the good news to the brain, it's like it doesn't exist. Mm. I look for one positive thing each day in my life. I do a little reflection. What's the best thing that happened today in my life? Mm-hmm. And I journal it, I curate it. And I share it with others, Mm -hmm. because if we're not talking about it, it's almost like the good news doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And so that's something else that I do. The other thing that I do is I'm really, really intentional about my self-development. Now Mm -hmm. if you look at the research, the only time human beings grow is when they're uncomfortable.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
7: So I'm, I, I purposely put myself in uncomfortable situations to continue to grow. My mm. goal is to learn one new thing each day, each day, just learn something new, and then I share that with someone else in my network. Mm-hmm. I'm growing, they're growing, that's how we grow community, hearts and minds.
0: Mm-hmm.
7: So very, those a few things to think about.
0: Absolutely, I mean spot on there, um, very, very interesting indeed. Um, and you know, reflecting back on let's say last year, uh, you know, what are let's say some of your goals for or, or resolutions for this this current year that you know we're, we're going to go through?
7: Yeah. So um, my goal, one of my goals, is to read a book a week. I want to read a minimum of fifty-two books this year. Okay. Now. Is that, is that a lot? I don't know. Maybe for some. I've already started. I travel a lot. I travel all over the world. So one book a week. Uh, I've also decided that I'm going to be more intentional. I have four kids. About connecting with my kids more often. Uh, so I reach out to my kids again uh, more often. And, and it's little things that I do. I'm married. I'm going to spend one night a week, and my wife and I are going to spend some time without devices, no phones, no TV, and just talk. Mm-hmm. So most of my stuff is really small, micro things that I'm going to do just to resubmit relationships in my life that matter.
2: That's really and, good. And, That's really really good. Yeah, I mean, there, there's so many things that you know. Well, if if we are listening to 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 your statement that you're going to read 52 <laughs> books a year, a book every week, for mm-hmm. many people it might seems a lot, but mm-hmm. you don't need to read a massive book you know yeah, it yeah. could be small books right it could be but something that you will learn from i think it's it's a great approach and um, th- there's so many things that you could interlink perhaps i mean i mean, even thinking that you when you said that you you want to also spend more time with your kids maybe also anything that you learn from that book you can you can just tell that or, or you know do that story with with the uh, with the child which uh, which obviously um, gives you many benefits of doing one thing uh regularly, so um that's that's great I mean that's some of the things that I have also seen um you know down the list of uh resolutions for people so uh so yeah reading is uh is a great way to do that um so um devin, I wanted to ask you that I guess the million dollar question is uh, how do you keep consistent, how do you keep uh checking yourself that you are Um, on track
7: yeah which is not easy even for me and so I don't necessarily focus on goals I focus on systems Mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is we as human beings are a byproduct mostly of habits and routines what I call systems Mm -hmm. so I make it easier for me to be the best version of me so I'll give you an example I said, I want to read 52 books a year. Mm -hmm. Well, I take the book that I'm reading this week, I carry it with me, I put it in the car, I leave it at my bedstand. I leave it around so that I can see it. So it reminds me that I need to read. Mm -hmm. I schedule things on my calendar that matter. In other words, I'm very intentional about creating reminders and triggers and alerts for me to be the best version of myself. So, I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. Say that you want to clean up your diet, okay? Maybe you want to eat healthier. Just using this as an example. It's a lot easier to do that if you have healthier food in the house Mm -hmm. and you remove the unhealthy food. And if you look at the research, some of the most positive, productive people on the planet are no different than us. They're just a lot more structured, organized, intentional. And they create systems to allow themselves to drive that new behavior, mm-hmm. and that's a big part of how I am able to do what I do.
0: That's spot on, David. I mean, it, there's so much to 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 learn and, and grasp, uh, and I think it's one day at a time. And and uh, you know, I hope and pray that you know everybody that's listening into this can take this in and actually implement these things. And I think a lot of discussion does take place, and of course, online as well. We see so many. Uh, you know coaches and motivational speakers there's so much so much resources out there even free right there's Um,
2: a lot of information exactly what you need is willpower and as uh, Devin said you need structure you need to you know uh, analyze yourself and and try to uh, hold yourself accountable as well Mm -hmm. I think
3: And I think
0: and and David lastly I I, I did want to ask you what would you say to people that let's say over analyze things Um, you know they they always just, uh, you know, they call, they call it analysis paralysis, right? They they, they always just, when there's a workout, they just, you know, of course we spoke about structure, but then they, they, they just can't get on with it. Uh, what would you say to them?
7: So I would say this, that, that's, don't be too hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. I think we all struggle. We have a lot of self-limiting beliefs. We're busy. Life's hard. I would say start really small. I've written 21 books. Mm-hmm. Okay. 21 books.
5: Mm-hmm.
7: Um, and the, re- the way that I did that is mm-hmm. I started small. Every day I would get up and in the beginning I would write 500 words a day. Mm-hmm. Some, go- some days were good, some days weren't.
5: Mm-hmm. But the
7: point was I got up every day and I did it.
5: Mm-hmm.
7: So the point I'm, I'm making here is we could overanalyze everything. The, the time is right when you make the time. So if you ever wait for the perfect time, you will be waiting your whole life. There is never a perfect time until you make it a priority, and you need to do it daily. Mm -hmm. Some days it's better than others. That's not the point. The point is to keep doing it, doing it, and you'll realize as you do it more, you will get better, better, and better.
2: Okay, brilliant. I think that's uh, that's a great uh motivation and uh, great advice. I think many great advice um, that you shared with us today, uh, Devin, uh, thank you very much. Um, I hope you know you continue on your uh, amazing journey and uh, routine, and um, I'm certainly gonna try uh, to do the same, um, certainly about reading as well, because that's something that I've personally wanted to do for a long time, mm-hmm. regularly, consistently. Uh, so thank you very much, uh, Devin, for that. Um, you know, I, I hope uh, our listeners are also greatly motivated. Thank you so much for your time and uh, your uh, your advice.
7: Thank you both. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Zero two zero eight
2: six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number to call. You can also tweet at Voice of Islam UK if you wish to send in uh, any comments. Um, yeah, I think Raheel, look, I have. I remember, like, with some of these things, right, uh, last year as well, or, or even before that, it's not like, you know, people are not thinking the same thing. Like, I I was thinking, actually, the same thing long, long time ago last year, that I want to do more reading. But, you know, here we are, and, and you feel like, you know, you haven't started or you haven't come to that point. Um, but I really like that... Um, the point that Devin said that about reminding yourself so I think one great way to reminding yourself of what you want to achieve is to have it visibly in front of you um, almost at all times so whether it's like uh, you know something that you've written down that I want to read more books or I want to be I want to be regular in prayers for example or you want to uh you know, strengthen your relationship with God or your spirituality, you want to work on that or you want to exercise more, whatever it is, write it down and have it in front of you. You know, put it on your um on your desk. Maybe have a reminder on your phone. Um it's so much technology is there to help you as well. You know, mm-hmm. you can organize that. Um and, and just <coughs> just do those reminders and, and try to keep um keep in check every day. And I think there's I remember reading an article about the psychology behind it that writing down your uh, aims or your objectives or your goals or whatever you want to achieve makes a big difference rather than just thinking about it. Because if you write it down, your coordination between your hand, your mind, and your you know willpower, thinking, all works. And in your subconscious, you will always be reminded that, oh, I need to do this, I need to do this. And I think if we are able to do this, every day such as like namaz what prayer teaches mm-hmm. us you know people say why why do you pray five times a day well the yeah, there's a there's a very you yeah, know
0: the physical actions why don't why can't sit, why yeah. can't just someone just sit there and do zikr yeah let's say exactly. he, he recites the same thing just yeah. sit, just sit, 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 yeah. sit, sitting at home so that process that, so that physical act exactly, of worship
2: yeah. i think makes a huge difference um in reminding yourself that you know mm-hmm. this is a spiritual journey that you are on every day. You're gonna try to make yourself mm. consistent with that. I think that's the case with everything, and and it's astonishing, it's amazing that Islam, you know, God Almighty brought about this, you know, 1,400 years ago. Yeah.
0: The um, and I think this is the thing: the emphasis that so much, you know, and and it's it's kind of uh, depressing in a way that such a beautiful religion, uh, you know, and 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 the opportunity for people to actually present these side of things to to the to to the West, let's say, right, um, but you know, majority of of what's been covered, let's say, on media and and stuff like that, is a negative, yeah, and 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 some of it to do with, yes, it's to do with Muslims. A lot of it is also to do with the narrative building that's you know that's been done. So I think it's mm-hmm. it's a great responsibility for us platforms like Voice of Islam. There's there are other there are, there are other people that are doing this work, is to be vocal about it, and you know, we're told in the, in the, in our in our holy book. Is to find commonalities mm-hmm. right and 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 this is the thing that we do we Remember speaking about new year we we're speaking about christmas right yeah all those muslims won't celebrate christmas let's say they'll they'll go to a church but they'll be there helping their community they'll be there after the new year's yes cleaning, uh, up. cleaning up the streets yep. right or 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 meeting the elderly yes or you know all of these things are, yeah. are, are there so people can contribute in all these different you, you know ways especially in ways that can actually make a difference.
2: Absolutely. Um, okay, uh, talking about great work and um, uh, community service, we're going to talk to Wendy Bowen, uh, who is uh, on the line joining us, uh, who works for The Bridge, which is a health and well-being charity in Southwark, who spe- uh, specifically support women to live happier, healthy lives. Uh, Wendy, good afternoon. Peace be upon you. Uh, welcome to Voice of Islam radio station. How are you doing today?
8: I'm doing great. It's lovely to meet you here today.
2: Brilliant. Same. uh, It's a great pleasure having you on. Um, So tell us a little bit about your charity and, um, you know, the the things that you've been able to uh, achieve um, over the time, over the years.
8: Yes, of course. So um, the bridge has been going actually since uh, the 1920s. Uh, But more recently, um, we're based in Southwark. We have a a gym um, that is, Uh, exclusively for women to to come along to. Um, And we have lots of programs um, where we help women to live happier, healthier lives. So essentially we support healthy living um, and we support good mental well-being.
2: Okay, brilliant. That sounds great. Um, A lot of work, uh, good work going on. So do you believe... uh, um, we, we're obviously facing a lot of challenges. People have difficulty with health uh, as well as uh, motivation. There's a lot of pressure. Uh, but social media you know can also play a significant role in promoting good health um, and in what ways do you think that's uh, happening today yeah
8: I'm, i mean i'm I'm a little bit conflicted with social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally love it and hate it in equal measures. Uh, I find it's really useful and inspirational, but equally you can get drawn into a massive um, kind of over-comparison gap and feel very no. inadequate, if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. So I would say to people, um, if they're going to use social media, just be aware that at the moment um, the, the, the owners of social media platforms are really... Um, self-regulating and there isn't really any restriction right now so there's a lot of harmful content um, and there's no requirement currently to remove illegal content so people just need to be aware that what they're seeing isn't always factual Um, so I think be aware of who you're following Um, find people that, that support your own values and beliefs um, and unfollow people that promote sort of unrealistic um, body image and things like that. So, so just be mindful when you're using it.
2: Okay, uh, that I think it's a very good uh, advice because obviously, in in an age, in an age of social media, you know it can be both good and bad. And for many, um, you know, the bad can go really, really bad. So you don't want to be uh, impacted in such a way. Um, in that uh, case, it's probably best to put your uh, social media aside and focus on yourself. Um, now, when we look at uh, the fitness, uh, fitness industry, what is lacking in it? And uh, is there anything that you believe uh, needs to be focused uh, on more?
8: Yeah, I mean, we, we're obviously a very uh, small organization, um, and have a, have a women-only gym. Mm-hmm. And um, we're just seeing more and more women um, choosing to use a women-only space uh, because it suits them to uh, work out with no re- disrespect to you, but women actually prefer to work out without men hogging the, the weights and the machinery. So um, I'd, I'd really advocate for more gyms to offer women-only spaces not just you know not just an area of the gym but but make the whole gym you know privately for women so that women can just um work out and and relax and enjoy themselves
2: yeah i i think that's a very very good point i mean that's something that certainly you know we agree with because on voice of islam we have talked about this before that you know um there 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 has to be some kind of privacy where uh you know women f- feel comfortable. That's why you know our events here you know um by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community are such that the women have their own you know organization events that are purely attended by women and they thrive in those uh environments and you know men and and that just helps with with the focus helps with the confidence as well as you know the privacy and the comfort level. That, yeah. uh, that comes with it I think many people don't realise it sometimes we forget that uh, okay you know everybody should be in, in one place but then that uh, uh, you know in in that way uh, we often neglect or overlook the psych- psychological and the underlying uh, issues that, that you are pointing towards so I'm, I'm really glad that you pointed that actually because that's yeah, really really important yeah
8: it's just um, I mean we have we do have a lot of Muslim women that come to our gym, um, but we have, you know, a whole, a whole range of women from all religions and, and parts of society, and that's actually what makes it such a great space. It's, it's women coming together, regardless of, of who they are or where they've come from, and just working out for a, for, a, for a goal, which is just to feel happier and healthier, and that's really lovely to see.
2: Mm, absolutely. Um, and um, I think lastly, with, with the raised awareness of mental health and mental well-being, what advice would you give to our audience, our listeners, uh, in um, looking after their mental health uh, going into the this new year?
8: Yeah, so I think the one thing I would say is just to be kind to yourself um, and value yourself and just find an activity, whether it's getting fitter or whether it's you enjoy painting or going out into nature find something that you really love that you enjoy that gives you something back don't worry about what anybody else is doing do something for yourself um and just do that just do a little bit every day um and that's for sure going to support your mental health
2: Mm, absolutely doing a little bit every day consistently Is the way forward. Thank you very much, uh, Wendy, for joining us. Uh, It was great having you. You're welcome. Have a great day. You're welcome. uh, Thank you.
8: Thanks so much. Bye bye.
2: Bye bye. 0208-687-7878 is the number to call. You can also tweet at VoiceOfIslamUK. We are talking about your New Year resolutions. Um, Any good advice, positive advice, do share it with us and we'll love to hear from you and also share that with our listeners. Um, Now, we are coming towards the break where we are um, going to the news very shortly. But then after the news, we are going to talk about um, uh, something different. Well, again... Um, this is a topic that uh, really make big changes to people's lives and that is, uh, you know, a life uh, better without alcohol. So we're going to look at how people can uh, shun the habit of drinking uh, and how that can transform their lives. Uh, that's coming up next. Uh, but before that, we're going to have a short break and then we'll head over to the news. Um, you're listening to Voice of Islam. This is The Drive Time Show. And the number to call is 208 Join us after the news.
0: You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed. Ooh.
1: You're listening to The Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet
0: 24 hours a day. <laughs> In the name of Allah the Gracious, the Merciful. Welcome back to the second hour of Drive Time Show here at Voice of Islam where we are discussing alcohol free, a better way to be. Um, Today's show is basically about how being alcohol-free can change someone's life for the good, for the better. I mean, dry January, we all know, is a tradition that starts after the new year where people stop drinking for the whole month of January. Uh, This began in 2012 as an initiative by Alcohol Change UK and British charity to, I quote, ditch the hangover Reduce the waistline and save some serious money by giving up alcohol for 31 days. It's a good initiative, to be very honest. Um, In Surah Al-Ma'idah, this is chapter 5, verse 91, where Allah Almighty states in the Holy Quran, O ye who believe, wine and game of hazard and idols and divining arrows are only an abomination of Satan's handiwork. So shun each one of them that you may prosper. This shows that in Islam, how big of a sin it is to associate with alcohol and what the punishment is for someone who's, uh, for someone who indulges in, 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 in these type of things. Um, now coming to the stats, I mean there was a report submitted on the 2nd of August 2022 by uh, gov.uk, uh, which basically stated that there, there were 293,980 years of life lost due to alcohol related conditions for males in england in 2020 this rates to uh this equates to a rate of uh 1116 1, per 100,000 population so the question is why isn't alcohol banned um you know there are 138,060 years of life lost due to alcohol related conditions for females in england in 20, just in 2020 this of course equates to 500 per 100,000 uh, population and then there were 14,020 casualties in road traffic accidents where a failed breath, uh, breath test occurred in England in 28 to 2020. And this equates to about 3.6% of casualties in all reported incidents. Similarly, between 20, 2017 to 2019, there were an estimated 60,240 cancer registrations which were related directly related to alcohol consumption and this equates to a rate of 38.0 per 100,000 population mm. so this puts into perspective why the holy prophet peace be upon him and islam is referred to it as ummul khabaith the mother of all evils referring to alcohol and why you there is so much emphasis uh, within the islamic faith you know on on prohibition of of uh, of alcohol and we saw um The World Cup. At the World Cup, we've discussed it before. How there was a huge backlash on Qatar for not allowing alcohol in stadiums. Yet, you know, numerous people, and there were reports later on, families were much safer, kids were much safer, people were enjoyed to, people were, were, you know, enjoyed their their football, which actually came for a lot more, and it was just a safer you know in 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 environment so compare
2: that to the the issues that we find in in different stadiums, for example, here in the u k we don't need to go far but look at how alcohol you know contributes to mm-hmm. the fans and how their behavior is there's no smashing of you know bottles here and there there's there's no there wasn't any you know uh, problems uh, to people's behaviors uh, because of alcohol in in Qatar so that's a positive thing and and you don't i I saw some articles of that in the news really but you don't really see that much coverage of that uh, which is also you know yeah, surprising I mean, I mean
0: exactly i mean we've done so many programs and and knowing these numbers right yeah. um it it just tells you that where there's, there is there's money being made yeah. you know on the consequence of consequence of you know Lives being lost, whether it's alcohol or you know anywhere you yeah. see the, the you know the greater evil that you see I selling mean, look, of selling of weapons yeah, right to exactly. to countries for it to be used and so how, who has you know moral ground to sit and then talk about you know uh you know countries in this manner mm. you know um and and i think people people realize that uh yeah.
2: n- you know people now people are realizing this that this is a mm-hmm. you know big hypocrisy. But, Raheel, I know you you mentioned the numbers, I think, uh, which is very uh, concerning. And obviously, just looking at those numbers, how people's valuable years of life from people's uh lives are being destroyed because of their consumption of alcohol. There are so many deaths that are happening, uh, you know, needlessly because of the uh, wrong impacts of alcohol, such as, you know, on the health, cancers, road accidents all of these things we haven't even looked at the nhs yet that how much of a struggle the nhs has to go through because of alcohol related issues and illnesses that they have to then obviously the national health service has to deal with already is uh on, on on the breaking point so listen i mean we live in a society where alcohol is all around us it's we're surrounded by it and People are, you know, it's normal for people to, to to have alcohol. It's normal for people to have a pint or two, you know. And for some people, it might be just a weekend thing, but for some people, it's a daily thing. Mm-hmm. So the problem is that once you open that avenue and you say, okay, you know, sometimes you can see that on the advertisement, they will say drink responsibly. But how do you ensure that people drink responsibly? I mean, alcohol is such a thing that once you start drinking it, it influences your thoughts, it, it you know, uh, intoxicates you. Yes. So then you are not, you are not responsible. <laughs> you you cannot, mm-hmm. you know, some people might have the dis- discipline to, you know, uh, be very careful that they are just drinking a little bit. But the problem is that Islam has, well, not the problem, but the Islam, the solution is that Islam has solved this problem by making it haram or making it, uh, you know, unlawful. mm mm-hmm. As, as a blanket, uh, you know, a ban. And the reason why Islam does that is that Islam is a religion that caters for everyone. So it doesn't leave any room for mistakes, you know. So if you ban alcohol completely from the society, I mean, what, what sort of harm can it do to someone not to have a glass of wine mm-hmm. or not to have a little bit of alcohol? I mean, you can still survive without it, right? There's Absolutely. so many other drinks you can drink without alcohol that you'll be completely fine so islam you know uh, f- looked at this uh, issue and uh, sorted it out i mean mm-hmm. rahid maybe you can mention how arabia was when alcohol was not uh, banned yeah i mean we, we <laughs> we've discussed about
0: yeah. it i mean there was a great honor in in uh, you know presenting alcohol to people and and all of these things and and and, and you know they say that you can't actually you can't actually leave a hobby and all these things but mm. But we find, you know, a narration or an example of companions that when they heard this, uh, that when they heard, right, that, that alcohol has been banned, the first thing they did, you know, this is, this is an incident where certain you know, people are sitting together and they were enjoying the alcohol and, uh, you know, they were about to, let's say, open a bigger container or something like that and they heard. And the first thing they did, so now there were two people having conversation, one said, look, let's go and confirm you know, before actually, you know, spilling this whole container, uh, whereas the other said, "Look, the commandment has come. The first thing we should do is to obey it, and then we can find out whether that's tr- that's true or not." And and you find in 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 the Islamic tradition that these people, um, you know, actually wasted that entire container, and 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 all, you know, all all of these companions that did so, mm. uh, you know, based on that one commandment, and this you know puts into perspective what faith can do for you. And 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 when, you know, when they, when there's something that truly matters to you, right? Uh, and what kind of a change the Holy Prophet brought about in these people? And that's what it was: heedlessness, uh, you know, un, unconscious life—not in a in a let's say a literal sense, but you know, just, just drink, you know, drink. And, and and of course the treatment of fellow human beings. How was it? How were they treating women? How were they, uh, you know, towards uh, um, one another, right? Uh, their promises that they made to one another breaking promises was nothing you mm. know so all of these things you know existed in that society and 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 we realized that uh, but but there's also something very interesting that even at that time there were people who didn't drink yeah there were people in society uh, you know among them the holy prophet you know himself god almighty saved him from 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 very very young age from such uh surroundings and you know we were talking about company keeping company comp- company and all of these things so I think that's that's what it is and and we find in this country as well you know your, your workplace and, and you know a, a lot of muslims who are working in these um, you know they yeah. they do find that people find it strange that they're not drinking Whereas, mm-hmm. you know it's first of all it's their choice yeah. right and, and secondly at the end of the day you reading these you know reports and everything it should make you think yeah like, uh, I mean,
2: well, yes, of course. I mean, we're, we're saying Islam has banned it, but we're not saying that this is something that mm. we want to, you know, no, you could do here. People need to think themselves that mm. is this thing good for me or is it not good for me? Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of young people this. today yeah. are, are thinking that yeah, I have yeah. met a lot of people yeah. who actually don't drink alcohol. And yeah. I was quite surprised. And they were saying, "No, you know, we don't drink alcohol yeah. because it's not good for my health. It's not, mm. you know, it it impacts my uh, my thinking. You know, I want to be clean. I want to be, you know. Absolutely. So I think people are realizing that, and we wish that I, people do realize it because yeah. the quicker they realize it, the less damage will they have on their own lives. Yeah. But also, there will be less damage caused to others. You know.
0: True. And 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 what's more interesting is the fact that. At uh, the time of the prophet, didn't have this these sciences and and data mm. for these companions to know how 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 bad of an impact this thing is having on them. Although they could see, they could see their behavior, but yeah. it, it, it had become a norm, yes. you know, um, um, yeah. among society. So 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 I think their obedience was great is is to be greatly you know you know rewarded, in a sense that they simply heard the prophet and they and they obeyed. Yeah. So what and that's the difference between uh, the Prophet so I explained a philosopher and a prophet. Mm. You know, philosophers can do all their thinking and all of these things. Right, But it is, it's his prophets that bring about true change in society. Yeah. Yeah. And this is what we have seen, whether it was Asimusa, as Musa as a. Jesus, peace be upon him, all of these prophets that these people came, they truly bring about that change. Yeah. And and we see it in the amount of time that the prophet brought about this change in these people. I think that in itself is a miracle.
2: That in itself is, is, is definitely a miracle. Um, now, we said that we looked at some of these... Um, the, the disadvantages and, and the issues that uh, alcohol creates. Obviously we looked at accidents, we looked at um, we looked at the quality of life being impacted. However, in uh, NHS as well we find that, uh, and, and this is uh, early uh, last year actually, um, that 280,000 estimated admissions to the hospitals in uh, between um, 19, tw- 2019 and 2020 were the main reasons, uh, were at uh, was attributed to alcohol two hundred and eighty thousand so that's a lot of numbers uh two percent higher uh, than the previous years and eight percent higher than two thousand and sixteen so that shows that that had increased um and another thing that we find is that more men than women were admitted where the main reason was attributable to alcohol sixty five percent of the patients were male so considerable majority of men who were admitted to the hospital because of issues with alcohol and then you also mentioned that you know the people who um, prematurely die as well is is uh, predominantly uh, more wi- more men than women um, then we also have a, stati- a statistics showing that 170 167,000 sorry prescriptions uh, items dispensed uh, last year was to uh well the last not last year but the year before 2020 and 2021 was to treat alcohol dependence um so that again is a huge number so it shows you clearly on paper that alcohol is something that uh creates a lot of problem for the society cr- creates a lot of issues for the society uh, disruptions as well as you know uh, very negatively impacts the health of people uh but still we have a culture where drinking is uh, completely normal or even encouraged as well. Uh, So coming back to the topics that we are discussing, uh, we're looking at um, this uh, January, uh, a tradition that uh, um, dry January basically, going the whole month without alcohol, which is a challenge um, that uh, people are encouraged to take on, that if you can, you know, stay away from alcohol during the whole month and why can't you stay away from it for the rest of your life as well Mm -hmm. and I'm sure that those people who do go through that do see significant positive changes in their lives in their habits as well Mm -hmm. now we talked (coughs) about uh, resolutions you know in the previous hour January is again is the time of the year when in our society you know people think about breaking habits making new resolutions you know being healthier all of that that we have talked about so the same thing is that this is a time that people should reflect whether they are uh, can stay away from alcohol it can be perfect time to jump you know uh, aboard uh, that uh, you know that challenge to stay away from it for a month and it's a good thing you know people may be surprised to know what science considers a moderate consumption of alcohol for women it's about one glass per day and no more than 7 per week uh, drinking more than that can lead to Many health issues, so the month long break could actually be the kickstart for uh, a healthier new year. So, I think everybody should uh, who are listening. I mean, especially if you, uh, uh, you know, are not Muslim and if you are, um, you know, drinking alcohol on a daily basis, then try out this challenge, see how it can benefit you uh, in every aspect financially, in health aspect. In uh, your moral aspect, in your uh, productivity and uh, in general health. Uh, do try it out. And there's certainly um, a lot of positives in uh, staying away from alcohol.
0: Absolutely. I mean, um, talking about, you know, um, I, I think one, one other thing that, you know, we've done previously, you know, we've spoken about a lot of people that have, uh, you know, gone through this challenge. Let, let, let's say of, of actually um, you know quitting alcohol once for all right and and one of the things that the emphasis that you know so much you know so much of the, of the, of the feedback that we got was the fact that they, they changed the habits weren't changed based on just their resolution mm. right it was based on the small steps that they took so let, let's say we were, sp- we were speaking to Devin in, in, in previous you know um, show where he said for him to read book he would Take it everywhere, mm. right? In this case, and it, it it would be it would be advisable to avoid places where there is alcohol, right? So you know the whole idea of being in the company of people and being with the like-minded people, right? No matter. Look, at the end of the day, um, we're either influenced or we influence, yeah right? In 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 Arabic is I think muathir and mu'athar right? You either. So so there are times when people they are you know. Among people, there are those who have an impact on people, and they're those who take that that you know impact. So now, if you're with, let's say, you're one out of out of ten who doesn't who are uh, who who is in a bar with nine nine of his other friends who is in, who is encouraging him. They're they're drinking. How likely is it that you'll be able to say no? Mm. Or you know, how hard would it be for you to say no? Right. Whereas if you don't go. Right? oh I'm not saying leave that friendship but you meet these individuals elsewhere in a coffee shop yeah. or you know you, you you go to play football together stuff like that so I think I, and I I've, I've realized this that that people actually re- would respect you for for taking a, for taking a stand and when they see let's say you know you're overweight and when they see a change you you've seen compliments you know they say uh, after let, let's say they know the first two or three weeks you see the difference yourself and then after you know I'm a, a month and a half or t- two months, people start mentioning, you know, you've lost weight and all these things. So people start seeing that this this guy is actually, you know, he's, he's got something about himself. Mm. So I think this is what it is. Uh, and one only knows. It says, it says in the Holy Quran, It yeah. says, "Save yourself first, mm. then wa'ahlikum nara," and and then your you know your family members. And when when you're sitting in a plane, <laughs> yeah. what what did it tell you? Yeah. In a case of an emergency, when the you know when the oxygen masks come down.
2: Would you f- on first, yes. Fully on first, yeah.
0: yeah. That's that's the only time you can you can actually help people. So I think there's so much that we can learn, you know, from from things around us, and just be be in a company of good people. See good people. Um, I think that's something that that that's essential for any change.
2: Absolutely. Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight. Staying away from alcohol. Taking part in the challenge of. Uh, Dry January—that's something that we're talking about right now. Um, if you wish to give us a call, you're more than welcome to, you know, dial this number that I've just told you. I'll tell you again: zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight. Let's have a quick listen to a question. A, a young child actually was ask, asking um, his um, um, His Holiness. Um, uh, the the fourth caliph of the Ahmadiyya muslim community about uh, about alcohol and the consumption of alcohol why why one should not uh, you know consume alcohol and uh, let's have a listen to that quickly.
3: Um, my second question is why aren't we allowed to drink any alcohol?
1: Alcohol, when well, you see already you have uh, seen so many campaigns against drunken driving, haven't you? Yes. And you must have been aware also of uh, alcohol being mentioned frequently in connection with the increase in crime. So this is something which is bad because under alcoholic influence we either lose control over our actions or we are enfeebled in our mental capabilities to judge things in the right perspective. So, we make, we are more likely to make errors of judgement, like it is demonstrated during our driving of cars under alcoholic inferences. Why do accidents take place? Because our uh, judgement is impaired under alcoholic influence. So, when you can't drive a car, how can you be safe in dealing with other human affairs? that is why many an alcoholic person has been reported to smash the head of his own child against the stone wall becoming mad at something you know he couldn't control his rage similarly most of the cruelties committed against wives women here uh, by their husbands are reported to be under the influence of wine or alcohol whatever you call it so because it is. It has more bad than good about it. So the Holy Quran says that is why it has been forbidden.
2: Okay, right. that's a that's a great uh, answer to a uh, young child's question about uh, why Muslims don't consume alcohol or are not allowed to have alcohol. Um, and it goes back to the verse that we actually just started with. That uh, um, this is shun. You know, uh, alcohol and gambling, uh, really, which was uh, uh, the mention there, game of hazard. Uh, so shun each one of them that you may prosper. So shunning them will lead to prosperity for the individuals. So it's not to stop uh, Muslims f- from uh, having fun. <laughs> it's not to stop Muslims for drinking particular uh, drink, but it's actually so to safeguard them against the harms that uh, ultimately outweighs the, um, you know, the the, the positives, uh, you know, because there are some positives of alcohol, such as, you know, use in medicine and things like that, which are perfectly allowed in Islam as well. So that's the reason. Um, however, uh, we're going to continue speaking about this uh, for a little bit more. And we do have also um, one guest, with us uh, whom we are going to uh, take on as well very soon. Um, in the meantime you can give us a call zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number two call. So we're going to speak to uh, Basma Ikram um, who is a doctor who's joining us on the line. as alaikum rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu may peace uh, be upon you. Uh, Basma how are you doing today? Wa well, alaikum I'm
6: well thank you how are you?
2: Yeah, good. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. Um, We're talking about uh, dry January today, which is obviously associated with uh, going alcohol-free for a whole month of uh, January. Uh, We know alcohol is responsible for many uh, diseases and impairments uh, in the body. Um, Could you perhaps, as a doctor, explain what these can be and why alcohol has uh, such a high toll on our health?
6: Of course. I think um, the first thing in order to understand why alcohol can damage so many different organs in the body, and, so, and it's got quite a significantly negative effect, is to understand the nature of the product. So although there's different types of alcohol, um, all of different properties, you know, some are made from grapes, some are made from yeast, all of them have the same active ingredient, which is ethanol. That's what essentially makes alcohol, make alcohol what makes you drunk, what makes you, um, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, feel um, more disinhibited. And ethanol, by its very nature, your body treats it as a poison. It's a toxin. So that's why when it starts entering your body, your liver is trying its best to try and break it down to get it out of your system as fast as possible. But during that time is when um, it can start affecting other organs. So obviously it has an effect on the brain. It changes how you perceive incidents. So that's again, um, Farabi, what he's speaking about in that audio clip we just played. Mm-hmm. How when people drink alcohol, so they can suddenly become very violent. Some people become very depressed. Some people become very ecstatic and overly happy because it's literally it's affecting the cells in your brain and changing how you perceive reality, changing how you uh, perceive events that might have happened to you in the past. Apart from that, um, the, you know, the the more you drink and the longer you drink, it starts damaging cells in your heart, leading to heart disease. You have an increased risk of developing a stroke, having high blood pressure, or having a heart attack. Um, I mentioned earlier that it's the liver that breaks down alcohol, mm. so um, eventually over time, the liver starts essentially dying the more you drink. And then um, liver disease, again, you need your liver to survive. It gets rid of all the toxins in your body. Um, So it fortunately gets to the point where you develop either liver cancer or alcoholic hepatitis, which without a transplant is irreversible. Um, Lots of problems in the digestive system. It's linked to a lot of cancers. It's linked to breast cancer, you know, cancer of the mouth and throat, the esophagus, the liver, the colon, the rectum. And overall, it also weakens your immune system, so you're more likely to get sick. And when you get sick, you're unwell for a longer amount of time and I talked about earlier about how it affects your brain um, in the short term, but also in the long term, we know that people who drink alcohol eventually have worse memory problems and have increased risk of dementia and poor academic performance in school and university.
2: Hmm. And and there is a casual relationship as well, isn't it, between harmful use of alcohol and the range of mental and behavioral disorders. I mean, you just talked about dementia, for example. Um, have you seen um, other examples of uh, of similar nature?
6: Um, with regards to mental health problems, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, alcohol is actually linked to more than just dementia. It's linked to depression. It's linked to anxiety. It's linked to um, psychosis, bipolar disorder. Um, in fact, alcohol misuse in itself is a separate uh, mental health issue. It's classified as one, alcohol misuse. But um, it worsens the effect of a range of other mental health problems, or can even contribute to them making them. And, and um, you know, if you if, if you misuse alcohol, you're more likely to misuse drugs. You're more likely to become depressed, for example.
0: Very interesting. Um, <clears throat> of course, uh, you know, speaking about Dry January, um, you know, we were actually discussing this before as well. It basically encourages, let's say, participants to you know to go, you know, free for a month. Uh, you know, without any consumption of of alcohol. Do you think that, you know, one month of, let's say, no drinking can have any major impact on regular drinkers?
6: Well, I think... um There's two sort of separate aspects we have to look at. So in terms of physical health, we know from the evidence that even one month of not drinking at all does lead to tangible health benefits. Um, There's evidence that people lose weight um, by undergoing dry January. Their blood pressure can decrease by up to 5%. And actually your risk of developing diabetes also is reduced by 30%. So there are definitely health benefits um, to doing dry January. But I think um, the biggest thing about Dry January, and uh, obviously I don't know who created it, but I imagine this was the intention of the original people who started this um, initiative, is that it makes people realise that actually they can live without alcohol, which may seem a bit strange. Obviously, I'm personally a Muslim, so it's never been a part of my life. Mm -hmm. But particularly in British culture, you know, every celebration is with alcohol, you know? It's very normal for people after work, Friday night, have a stressful week at work, everyone goes to the pub to drink, Mm -hmm. uh, birthdays, you drink, uh, you, you know, your child's born, you have a christening and you drink, Um, Mm -hmm. it's a huge part of their culture and I think we need to, so for them, a lot of people feel like they genuinely can't live without it, Mm -hmm. but speaking to patients and speaking to friends and colleagues who aren't Muslim who do drink, they've actually said (laughs) that by doing dry January, it realises that they don't actually need it to have a good time Mm -hmm. Um, and they see the benefits, they see, oh, I'm saving money, I'm losing weight, I'm, you know, after I go out with friends, I'm not like, you know, really sick the next day actually let me carry on with this or at least reduce i even i know one close friend who actually gave up drinking entirely after doing dry january because she realized actually she she didn't need it uh to cope with her life
2: right um i think it's uh you know it's uh, it's very very clear um how it's affecting our society i mean it's certainly clear with the statistics that we talked about earlier as well so people say that you know when you talk about islam and and islam has gone very hard on this like you know uh clearly just 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 you know ban the use of alcohol altogether now people say that that's a bit too harsh i mean certainly you know in our society people would you know raise eyebrows uh when they hear that because obviously it's part and parcel of the culture mm-hmm. um that banning alcohol is not the answer people would say but to regulate it how how do you regulate it i mean you see advertisement of gambling and alcohol on the TV, and it's at the end, you know, very quickly they say, "Oh, uh, you know, a drink responsibly or gamble responsibly." So, how how are you going to regulate it when you're openly not only, you know, providing it in terms of selling it, but also advertising it and and um, mm-hmm. showing it as as something that is uh, will create joy in your life.
6: Yes, I think you've uh, definitely raised a good point. Unfortunately, in the media, even if it's not an advert for alcohol, in so many TV shows and movies, we see the characters having a good time only after they've drank. Mm. Um, That's one aspect. In terms of how to actually reduce alcohol use, um, the evidence shows that the most effective way is to raise the price of alcohol, but the government will never do it, because when the price of alcohol is raised, then um, people drink less, and the government makes a lot of money off the taxes on alcohol. So, unfortunately, the same government that's trying to, um, and not just, any, I'm not uh, blaming any particular government, it's just how every British government has worked, it's the fact that, you know, you, you don't want people drinking too much because of the burden on the NHS. But At the same time, if you put off people from drinking and less people buying alcohol, they lose income as well.
2: Yeah, so it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a big business, essentially.
6: Yes, exactly. It's one of the biggest, actually, <clears throat> businesses in the UK.
0: Okay. Okay. Um- Children are, you know, also constantly being, let's say, reminded about the existence of alcohol. Uh, what issues do you think can this, you know, exposure to marketing actually create for a child's health and development?
6: Again, I think it's just that, um, like I mentioned earlier, it's, even if I think nowadays the adverts for alcohol aren't allowed to play on children's TVs. Yeah. or during a time when children are watching TV. Mm-hmm. However, one, nowadays I, d- I know very few people or children who actually watch live TV. Most people are watching things on streaming programs or YouTube. Mm-hmm. So you can't really control the ads that you see or your child is seeing, um, number one. Number two, again, when in, I'm, I'm talking about more about teenagers here. Even programs that are aimed at teenagers have incredible amounts of alcohol and drug misuse in them, and it kind of glorifies it, it normalizes it. So obviously, if you know a teenager is watching a teenage a program where an actor playing a teenager is having struggles and starts drinking, or is, is having fun going to parties with friends and drinking, they're going to want to copy that behavior because then it's become um, it's become normalised, isn't it? So I think that's the big issue. It's not so much advertising of children, but it is you know every single movie, every single um, piece of media they consume where the consumption of alcohol is
9: glorified.
2: Right, and and this addiction, uh, when we talk about addiction of alcohol, can this be something that goes on in the uh, in the families? I mean, is there, is there something genetic with with that addiction, or 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 is is that purely individual habits?
6: Um, so that's a bit more of a complicated answer. What we do know with regards to addiction, there is a sort of, there is a genetic element. There are some people, again, we don't know entirely, but some combination of genetics, that mean you're more prone to developing an addiction. But whether that addiction could be to alcohol, it could be an addiction to gambling or to overeating or to drugs. And you'll notice in certain families, you know, you'll notice there are families where lots of people have addiction issues but at the same end um, so that's a sort of genetic factor but also the trouble is um, it's the sort of how you've been raised as well if you were raised with a parent or both parents who drank a lot of alcohol then you know what what's normal has been skewed for example if you if you were witness to your parent every day drinking for example a bottle of wine which is way more than they should be drinking mm. if they want to drink then for you that's a normal amount you don't realize that actually you might not realize that that's unusual that's wrong until you Get a little bit older um, and again obviously if, if your parent is drinking alcohol you, the more alcohol a teenager has around them the more likely to try it if they've got lots of alcohol at home as well so it's a combination of genetic and how you've been raised um, it's actually a huge issue for recovering addicts they say um, when they go out often they have to cut ties with friends and families mm-hmm. because in their families at any event where people are over they're literally being forced to drink even though they wish to no longer drink. Yep. Or when they go out with friends, again, they're literally people are buying the drinks and pushing it into their hands. Um, so it's a very complex uh, sort of biological, but also psychological and social issue.
2: Right. Thank you so much, uh, Basma, for joining us. Basma Ikram, doctor, joining us here on Voice of Islam to uh, talk about uh, alcohol and its misuse. Thank you so much for your time. No problem. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. Like Islam zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight. We're gonna actually head straight to our next guest. Uh, we have uh, Deborah Parkhouse with us, who is a speaker and volunteer for the charity NACOA, also actively involved in the online sober community. Good afternoon, uh, Deborah. Thank you so much for joining us.
9: Thank you very much for having me. yeah thank you.
2: Thank you. So, um, what is NACOA, um, the charity? What what do do you do? What, yeah. what, what kind of help does, does it provide?
9: Yeah, so in short, McCullough is basically stands for the National Association for Children of Alcoholics. So it is providing a helpline to a child living with a parent or somebody in their household with an, um, an alcohol issue. Um, when we say a child of an alcoholic, that could be anybody from a small child to somebody, you know, I'm 43 and I am a child of an alcoholic. So we provide our service to anybody of any age. Um, We provide a helpline, which is open six days a week via telephone, so people can call up and have somebody that they can speak to. And then the Curragh is also involved in reaching out to professionals who work with children. So we're very keen to kind of get into schools, um, to try and work with local councils, to basically try and raise awareness for the charity. That's sort of a a nutshell of, of
2: what we are. Okay. And um, how did you personally find uh, Nakoa, this charity, and how did you benefit from it?
9: Yeah, so sadly, um, I found Nakoa, I I would say, um, too late. Unfortunately, I I grew up with um, a mother that had an alcohol dependency. Um, And sadly, something like Nakoa was not around when I was younger. Um, back in July my mum died very suddenly of alcohol-related liver disease and I needed somewhere to kind of go to for my grief um, so I stumbled across via um, social media on Instagram I found some people that had been through similar um, stories as myself and from that I then found the Lekoa Instagram site. and um, and for me, it was a complete wake-up call. And I know from speaking to a lot of other people that have joined the Cure as volunteers
3: mm-hmm. that
9: it's um, it's kind of a wake-up call. You kind of suddenly, like, reading all these <clears> stories <throat> have had a very similar situation, and suddenly you're like, you're not alone. You know, mm-hmm. when you grow up as one a child of an alcoholic, you think that you're alone. You think that you're a one-off, and suddenly mm-hmm. there's all these stories. So it's it's strangely quite comforting. Um, and from there, I then wanted to get involved further, which is why I'm now um, a volunteer for them.
0: Very interesting. And how has your life uh, you know, actually changed uh, since giving up alcohol?
9: Yeah, so, so from, from my mother's death and from joining the um, I educated myself a lot on um, not just being a child of an alcoholic, but my own mindset and my own drinking. Um, I was what I would call a grey area drinker. So I probably relied on a nice glass of wine every night when I came home from work and sort of justified that as as the norm for me to unwind, you know, one or two glasses every night. So I decided on my mother's death to basically become um, alcohol-free. So how how I found it is, um, for me, I think because I've had the impact of my mother's death i'm very Mm -hmm. set on it i'm very set on on sobriety um it's difficult to start with of course but there are lots of support and tools out there to try and help you you, and i think education is the key there are so many podcasts Mm -hmm. talking about alcohol there are so many people going through similar things that have set up instagram sites there's loads of sober social Mm -hmm. instagram sites so i think it's just about educating yourself as much as possible but the benefits you feel um, a couple of months in are just completely amazing, and, and for me, that that outweighs the feeling of maybe now and again thinking I'd like a glass of wine.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm. What well, what advice would you give to those trying to give up or reduce their intake of alcohol? Because I, I imagine it mm-hmm. can be difficult if you, you know, if you. You are in a society that uh, you're surrounded by it. your social circles, Mm -hmm. your work, you know, you want to do well in your work, you might have to, you know, uh, be around your work colleagues, and then they might be drinking alcohol down the pub or whatever. I mean, that's really is the culture, isn't it?
9: it completely is the culture and when you're when you're in it and you're drinking you perhaps don't notice it as much
2: mm-hmm. it's only
9: since i've stepped outside that I notice how much our society is framed around alcohol mm-hmm. you know like you mentioned the work culture it's let's go for a drink after work is the norm mm-hmm. um I've noticed extremely um when I turn on the TV any drama i watch it's the norm for a woman to come in and and pour a glass of wine it, it's so there in front of you and it's really hard. Mm-hmm. I've been very honest with people from day one that I've, I've given up alcohol and my advice to people considering reducing their intake or stopping completely is to do the same because it's very hard to not have any kind of support mechanism around you. Mm-hmm. Um I've been very upfront, you know, if I'm going to a work event, you know, I've made it very clear, you know, I don't drink anymore but I can still go out and I can still enjoy myself. Um, Mm -hmm. If anything, I probably enjoy myself a lot more now because I'm more engaged in in the particular moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's for me, the number one thing to say to people is don't be too hard on yourself. It's it's not going to be easy. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you do crave a drink, try and actually fast forward a few hours. so And that will probably outweigh your need for wanting the drink. So if you're suddenly thinking, oh, you know, I'd really like a glass of wine now to calm my nerves. But you know, realistically, that glass of wine might turn into two, three glasses a bottle. Actually fast forward a few hours and think, well, how am I going to feel? Am I going to wake up with anxiety? Am I going to wake up at three o'clock in the morning because I've drank too much? Is it going to impact me the next day? And that's what I've heard from a lot of people that have given up drinking. That's the kind of mindset that they have to set themselves.
0: Uh-huh. Interesting. And and do you find, let's say, in, in, in most cases, that uh, it's like major life situations which actually make people give
9: up alcohol? For me, obviously, it it was um, although i have tried in the past i've very much done like a month of, you know a month or a couple of weeks of giving up alcohol
3: mm-hmm.
5: but
9: no i think our society is changing i think people are a lot more focused on well-being these days Um, and I've been reading a lot recently about 18 to 25-year-olds, and actually um, the 18 to 25-year-old sector now is the lowest drinking sector that they ever have been in that age range. And I think just because everybody is a bit more interested in mental health, a bit more interested in well-being, and Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I'm hoping that we're going in the right way, but I think, unfortunately, as you mentioned earlier, alcohol is the norm. Our whole society is based around it you know there's been a lot of talk on tv this week about dry january and then i've seen also say, people saying well you know it, you can't have fun if, you're, if you if you give up alcohol so i think there's a lot of education and and change that, that <clears throat> needs to happen
2: hmm. right and uh, where can people go finally to find out more about nacoa and perhaps other charities that can help uh, help them
9: Yeah, so NACOA basically have a website um, so they can find out all the details through that and through the NACOA website um, have the details for our helpline on there, our number and they can also email if they're not feeling particularly confident to call somebody. Um, We also have a Instagram, a Facebook and LinkedIn account um, and I would definitely recommend in taking a look there And then for people actually wanting to give up alcohol themselves, um, there are some great social media sites out there. There's also an extremely interesting podcast for people that want to either cut down or give up completely on alcohol. This is something I found fascinating. And this is talking to people even if they're just having a couple of drinks a week. And it's called the Huberman Lab. And it's about, if you type in Huberman Lab, Oh, yeah, people. I know about
2: that. Yeah. Yes.
9: yeah, it's an alcohol, it's basically alcohol awareness. It's two hours long, but, you know, listen to it as you're going for a walk or you're commuting. It's fascinating, and it will really change your mind on alcohol and make mm-hmm. you realise that, you know, alcohol is a poison, and if it was invented now, it wouldn't be allowed. So,
5: mm-hmm.
9: um, And then some great other social media sites. I, um, you know, there's lots of people to follow, a couple that are very... Um, profound in the sober world is somebody called Sober Joe on Instagram and Sober Dave and they're brilliant at hints and tips and they hold social events for people wanting to um, cut down on alcohol.
2: Yeah, or people can listen to you on uh, our station as well.
9: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean it's great that you know stations like yourself are are giving this topic the you know the right conversation that it needs because, um, like you say, society unfortunately makes alcohol the norm, and mm. the more we talk about it, and the more people understand, you know, that the harm that it does. Um, yeah the better
2: it is exactly that makes people more aware of it uh, I guess thank you so much uh, Deborah, for talking to us it was great having you on our show thank you so much for yeah. your time
9: brilliant thank you for your
2: time thank okay. you take care bye bye 02086877878 so what are you thinking? Are you thinking of taking on that challenge of uh, going dry this January? And uh, for many of our listeners, they're probably not drinking anyway. But if you're listening and if you want to try on this challenge, then uh, do give it a go. Um, one month? One month? Can you do it? Yeah, sure, you can do it. I mean, you, d- you will see a big difference. Uh, many people have reported uh, actually previously that when February hits, they see significant health benefits. Right. Yeah. What they will notice is that their skin will get better... Um, Certainly, they have more money in their wallet, um, (laughs) especially, you know. um, And your days uh, will be more busier, more productive. You'll feel much more energy. Uh, Your mind will be calmer. Your nights will be better in terms of sleep. Um, And most people who do dry January see a whole different kinds of benefits that make this experience a perfect start for their new year.
0: Absolutely. Um, I just wanted to mention His Holiness is... uh, you know sermon from 5th January 2010 uh, where he mentioned uh, that you know alcohol and gambling are common are commonplace Mm. they are they are available everywhere even in places where there is restriction on them not only are they commonplace in these countries people are tempted and lured to them every service station every store promotes gambling through food through fruit machines as for shirk, i.e., associating partners with Allah, if there is no obvious idols, there are many idols of nafs, i.e., self, and it is these idols that hinder one from the worship of God. Worship, i.e., salat, that restrains one from indecency. So you know this is also you know, and I think there's there there is a great link, uh, you know, with where we find in the Holy Quran. It says that munkar um, that that it, it 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 is prayer, it is salat. This is five times taking your time out. To you know, to to be conscious of God, that keeps you away from ill deeds. And wasn't but
2: this, in fact, uh, in the beginning, how the Arabs used to actually before Islam, well, before the commandment of yes. uh, alco- of alcohol, um, stopping actually alcohol, came, yeah. they actually used to drink five times a day. So they were very heavy <coughs> heavy drinkers sort of alcohol.
0: It's very interesting that you know the um, our previous guests, one of the doctors that we were speaking mm-hmm. to, she mentioned how this is. This is part of the culture right mm. we were saying it was a part of the British culture and all those things that there was an interesting dis- discussion um so basically you know um those that are aware of how Islam came to the uk is, you know especially um at the start of the 20th century mm. right um, and especially the role that the Muslim you know uh, co- community played um so voking was was you know at a time epicenter of of, of Islamic you know um movement movement and and, and all of these things and and you find, so one of the one of the first converts invoking at the time was Lord Headley, who was a British you know individual. And there's something that he wrote in his you know his earlier impressions, uh, you know, because he struggled with alcohol, right? Yeah. Because his whole life has been drinking and yeah, everything. Yeah. And one of the things that I should say is we can't understand the struggle of of, of reverts or converts, as, as as we say when they or someone like you know Deborah Deborah, right? If I'm pronouncing her name correctly, is to you know that they have to let go of their friends sometimes family members they can't go certain places or certain parties or you know certain events that they they want to go but they simply know that there is a big cost yeah. of that so he basically said and he wrote that if you expect you know if you want people to accept islam right um and you you also you you also expect them to let go of their bacon and uh, you know um, you know the drink in the evening you would you won't be successful mm. right this was his initial thought although he later on it developed but but this is something that what we thought about so that 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 made me think right i said okay if that is true then why is it the case that talking about the arab world right they i think they were they was as equally involved in that culture of drinking yeah. as if uh, not more if not more mm. right that, what was it that that changed their their entire mindset mm. and is it not the case that we find um uh, reverts so, or, you know, converts uh, who 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 come to Islam that they let go of alcohol completely and yeah. o- of people that don't believe in Islam at, at current through their, you know, through their what's the word? Resilience. Yeah, right? through they're, they're knowledge. That n- knowledge, getting, like, exactly. They actually, you know, let yeah, go of it. Yeah, that's
2: what I was saying that there are a lot of young people that uh, now are moving away from that, you know, uh, and they see that there are disadvantages to that. And cost is also a big thing now because obviously you people yes. we're living in a time where inflation is is crazy and people are realizing that you know whatever they're spending money on, mm-hmm. whether it's smoking or whether it's uh, mm-hmm. alcohol, it's going to to make a difference to their to their uh, lives. Mm-hmm. So not only that, but there are several factors which people are looking at. So we want that we want actually people to think about this and take that decision themselves because obviously you cannot impose something on people. You can. Perhaps not force people uh, not to do something or do something, but uh, rather, you know, showing Islam. That's what it, what Islam also does. Is it, it tells you that there are more harm than benefits. So that's why it's, you know, uh, not allowed. So that's, this is the, the philosophy behind it. The founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community has also said that the drunkenness is the root of all evil and the intoxicated man is likely to commit the most horrible crimes on the slightest provocation. Others evil, Other evils, um, inseparable from it, are also there. Mm-hmm. Piety and drunkenness are like light and darkness, respectively, and can never exist together in the same place. So even if a person is uh, surrounded by this environment of, uh, of uh, drinking and alcohol, mm-hmm. it is very difficult or near impossible for that person to... You know, remain on the right path. Ultimately, you will be influenced, and you might fall into that trap. Uh, the man who is not aware of its evil consequences is not far-sighted. This is what the promised Messiah, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, had to say. And in terms of you know, alcohol being a big business, Rahila, I had a look as well at yeah. the uh, the amount of money that comes in from tax tax of alcohol mm-hmm. or alcohol duty, you could say. Yeah, and guess the number. I Don't know, probably almost twelve billion. Oh, wow! Pounds. So it shows you how big of a business that is. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, <laughs> that amount of money—if you compare that to the harm that is doing to the whole yeah. society—then there is no. It's problem. it's just
0: a vicious circle, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So 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 now I think it would be interesting to see how much money is spent. Let's say on
2: alcohol-related issues.
0: Alcohol-related issues, charities, charities and you know, and NHS, and what they're going through, and the impact, and all of these things. Then I mean, Probably at the end this, of the yeah. day, yeah. at the end of the day, it's it's more damage, uh, yeah. you know that that uh, is being done.
2: Exactly. Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight. Join us tomorrow as well for another live program, and uh, you'll be joined by uh, our colleague presenters as well tomorrow. Um, we are coming towards the end of the program now, um, obviously because it's almost six p.m. Um, we have talked about New Year resolution in the first hour. Um, some great, uh, guests joined us as well to give us some motivation now, starting the new year. Um, and also the, you know, um, uh, the, the fact that, um, alcohol is another thing that we have talked about, how to, uh, you know, stay away from that and try to remove the bad habits. And that includes, you know, consuming alcohol because it has. It contributes to so much harm and it all comes down ultimately to your own uh, willpower mm-hmm. uh, as well as your um, commitment to doing good and commitment to doing good to yourself and um, you know uh, also through prayers and effort and ultimately that is something that will decide whether we are able to continue with the good habits uh, that's the main thing, consistency. So Absolutely. just keep reminding ourselves and keep um, uh, encouraging ourselves to do what's right in every aspect.
0: Absolutely, there's no doubt, and uh, I think the I mean we've discussed a lot, we've learned a lot as well. Um, and one of the things that we do want to say is 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 keep, keeping in a good company. Yeah, that that's very very important, and and there there is great. Um, you know, it uh, there's great benefit of that. The Prophet صلى you know once stated the reason why I've been appointed is because the field of taqwa is empty. There, 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 there is a need for taqwa rather than taking up the sword which has been declared unlawful. So taqwa we, we were mentioning before is yeah. being God-conscious, right, and, and living a conscious life. Uh, and this is something that's that that that's you know essential, uh, you know, for us as as, as um, um, Muslims.
2: All right. Thank you very much uh, to all our uh, excellent guests for giving us time today and thank you all for uh, joining in uh, to the drive time show today and we would also like to thanks the producers today. Coming up next is your news.